I'm going to read this, um, this intro that we've come up with so far as a way to start it. <clears throat> and then should we ring the bell? Ring the... I can, I can also... Ding. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Meet the DJ examines the people behind your favorite nights and experiences. Maybe not favorite, maybe it should be like your most transformative or special nights and experiences. Those who created the soundtracks, festivals, and immersions that made you feel most alive and connected. What drives them to do what they do? What inspires and confounds them? How did they arrive here? And what do they think is coming next for them and for the world of music, dance, community, technology, and much more? Meet the DJ as a metaphor. And today, go ahead. Oh, you have to help. <laughs> Better. That today's a special one because we have our first non-DJ DJ. Theo, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Are you a DJ? Interesting enough, I think I am a DJ somehow. I was thinking about this um, before coming. Um, what is a DJ? And um, what do we want to feel when we are in the presence of a DJ? Somehow I can say that a DJ is an artist and uh, he has this capacity to digest to feed himself or herself with uh, a lot of stimuli and information. And then in the second part, he's able to transmit and emit something to, to create a container. And if it's the container to harmonize the people in this container. So in a sense, yes, I'm a DJ. Yeah. Or an artist. Yeah. We had a, an explanation recently too that from a DJ, but it was about being in meditation with the people you are with and just being present in that connection. And this was also like an expansive version that I thought mm. I found very interesting. Yes, I mean, the relationship with the environment is uh, crucial. I believe right now, especially where we are living, being a DJ is even more, is even deeper than um, just select selecting uh, different uh, emotions that you want to transmit. Um, there is a, a larger concept, I believe. Uh, let's put the, the word out there. Think about the word as a combination or structure of different patterns and, and form and cultures. Uh, I would say the DJ is kind of paving a route or tracing his way in this all the different layers of cultures, trying to pick and understand how we can mix, you know, a part of like Afro house, uh, a soul beat. Uh, link it to electronic music, and then he becomes more like a navigator of the signs and the structure that he's finding in his environment. Yeah. So somehow, uh, a DJ is, a, is, is, is very synonym of the artist of our time, of a contemporary artist, which is right now picking in so many different influences and actually mixing the sign with this symbol to, to create meaning out of it that is relevant to a contemporary issue. Um, even looking at art uh, before contemporary art, because I was an art creator and art dealer for, for 10 years, all the movement in art were very extreme. You have uh, 
you know, like abstract expressionism, like you have cubism, people were going in one direction, fully in this direction, performance art, until they reach a point of, of no limit, of no return. And, um, and what is a, an artist right now is doing is playing with all the different signs and symbols, meaning if an artist is from France, he won't do French art. He will just look at this uh, global information ocean of data and knowledge and then pick in this uh, ocean of data uh, what needs to make sense for him. Reconstruct this in order for you to um, question uh, this, this form and this structure. So I, I believe a DJ has, in essence, um, must have this kind of omniscience about this environment and allow us, allow the viewer, allow the audience, allow the public to kind of question every time this structure because it's deconstructing actually the forms and the pattern of cultures around. So in my mind, they are a little bit like an alchemist, a bit like a chemist putting ingredients together and a little bit like a conductor, like an orchestrator of experiences. Yes, because you have to be very aware of how the energy is transmitted. You have to make sure you are thinking about the intellectual, emotional, uh, physical state uh, of every person receiving uh, mm -hmm. your creation. Mm -hmm. uh, so somehow you need to tune yourself as well to, to what's happening in, in, in the moment. Um, I, I would define myself as a DJ of moments, mm -hmm. and I think this is... a something I, 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 I do most of the time. I'm, of course, a music, um, um, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a music uh, carrier. I have to say music is part of my soundtrack of life. I never travel or even go to a party or place without my speaker with me. Uh, my, my friend told me like you should really get uh, sponsored by Bose. That's not possible because you're already putting out the music every time when there's a soundtrack that is needed. So I cannot enhance every moment by selecting the right track to it. So in a sense, it's like, how do you apply um, a moment, music to a moment, make sure you elevate that moment uh, into the next, the next uh, field of sensation and emotion in order for you to feel what's happening uh, in a more subtle and profound way. I have experienced this several times, once uh, during the Rima experience and some other times privately in like various evenings. And I have to say, it's uh, like an invisible design of the evening because the music really just takes you on the path of whatever you would like that evening to become. So I've, I experienced this firsthand, firsthand and I'm completely in awe of your so-called DJing. Mm. To go back, to come back to Rima experience, I've been carefully crafting five days of experiences for 12 participants to make sure they enter uh, alter reality between function and reality. And in these five days, I think I've created more than 30 playlists that every time are fitting a moment or every time I exactly adjusted for what we're experiencing at a dinner, uh, during a scene, uh, at a welcoming moment. And, um, and the sound is part of this uh, uh, full embrace of how you are receiving sensation from the environment to then kind of prime a way of receiving a way of feeling a way of being. Uh, so the music is most, I mean, it's one of the most important factor, uh, of course, in the experience. What are the other 
um, main ingredients that you, you, if you had to kind of deconstruct Rima and think about what makes it, you know, has made it powerful and, and, and when you think about how it's evolved from, from the genesis to now. As a DJ, I'm selecting many ingredients. Music is one part. I will look at different rituals from ancient knowledge. I will look at different practices of um, maybe more mindful and conscious practices. I will look in storytelling, myth, theater, performance, and kind of blend all these together so it makes sense from A to Z. It's a more re kind of feeling after 10, 15 years of uh, really exploring mindsets around the world, every part of the moment where I had a huge, deep feeling of fulfillment, uh, beauty, sublime, magic, and I, I kind of look and observe at this moment and say, what happened there? Mm -hmm. What was the connection between people? How was the music? How was the set, the light? How was the intention? That was the, how was the, the outcome? And I kind of pick all these elements and elaborate and, and weave them into a, a meaningful scenario that then I want I share to others. At the end, uh, my experience is most of all sensations that I've been exploring that I want to share and I want people to access and tap into that pure feeling. And um, it's my way of being an artist and a DJ. So That's you, great. so so you create the setup, and you immerse people in this environment, and then you input the right impulses for them to have these experiences that you have already tested to be somewhat magical, somehow magical. It's in in life. You you have moments very spontaneously or very. Um, impromptu, they are coming to different uh, key moments and they, they create a series of meaning for you. Sometimes it could be around, um, I would say recently I've been working on this idea of uh, desire and would you like something? How do you want something? What, what does it mean to, 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 to achieve um, that the creation of abundance and, and then how do we look at beauty and it was something that really kind of moved me inside and I decided that maybe it could be a theme if I question myself here maybe it could be a theme that could be shared to others um, last year I went and experienced the death of something someone close so I wanted to understand better the topic of death and then use that and, and kind of picked as a buffet of all the creative around me, all the philosophers, all the searchers, all the talents, all the brilliant minds, and ask them, um, what is your approach about death? And we go into the spiritual world, into the literature, into psychology, uh, into cultures, to aggregate all these elements and put them together uh, within a story. So interesting. How did you acquire all this universal knowledge about the arts and theater and everything? So for me, uh, art is uh, not only uh, a way of expressing emotions, it's a tool for transformation. And as much as I was spending time with the artist, being 
really like feeling all this creation uh, within my, my, my bones, within my soul, I, 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 I decided, I saw the potential of, of how that could be a vehicle for, for transformation because it, it did apply to me. And then uh, my, my life was, was most, uh, for the, the last 15 years, uh, being an art creator uh, in the US, in New York, and then in Mexico, in Paris, um, looking at every exhibition, curatorial statements, um, meeting with the expert, reading a lot, uh, watching the documentaries, I think for me was just learning was a constant process of evolving. I was so hungry and thirsty for, for that knowledge. And this is how through that door of, I would say, harmony, beauty, meaning, I really understood because art is only a mirror for what's happening in society at some point. So mm -hmm. it's like it's a mirror of like what's happening uh, within people's psyche, within people's like, behaviors. So it was really my lens of approaching the world was throughout uh, art um, that can take so many different forms. So, so yeah, that, that was my, my, my main uh, motivation uh, to get there from that lens. And earlier in your life, did you have, um, I don't know, some, can you, can you think of some moments or any stories that helped you, I don't know, move in this direction or have you always moved in this direction of, of creation and of, of this kind of sometimes esoteric interests around histories and personal transformations and rituals you, you mentioned? Yes, I, I have to say for me, it was more a search for meaning that was very uh, present in my, in my youth. I was exploring a lot the field of dreams. I was lucid dreaming when I was a, a kid and a teenager. I was really trying to understand the expansion of, of, of my mind. In, in, and I grew up in, uh, near Paris in a, in a place that was quite calm as well. And I was reading all these books around adventures and, and, and human potential and, and so many different philosophers applying different perspectives on life and meaning was, was, was my main quest. So art, after, after I, 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 I decided to kind of step out the classical path of working in business and finance, and mm -hmm. then I decided to move into the art world, and, and that was a, a mentorization that um, there are answers there because spending time with people who are constantly thinking about deconstructing reality and bringing new perception and making, looking at what's the next stage of human evolution was for me so fulfilling. So that was, uh, since my early age, uh, a point of, uh, of, of really interest uh, in my research. You were like inquisitive about life and human nature and... Yes, and we are in a, in a time where science is bringing so much answers and also most importantly, so, much question, so many questions as well. And we are in a time where uh, finally we, 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 we can look a little bit more behind the curtain and, and, and there's so many, so much inspiring uh, facts and, and experiences we can have. We have the chance to be able to fly to Spain and then have a beautiful uh, plant medicine ceremony. We can talk to neuroscientists to understand the brainwave and patterns with like psychedelics. We, 
we, we, we have all the knowledge and way more, especially with the emergence of AI as well, when you have even more superior intelligence coming in and they can also serve as, as guides. Um, the, uh, the, the use of AI also changed a lot uh, my perception on, on, on what I can um, do, achieve, and, and how I, I can be accelerated as well by such tools. Um, so it gives me a lot of hope. And, uh, and I think uh, uh, looking for meaning could be also like a kind of a insatiable quest or maybe uh, it could be a little bit of a fatigue at some point, like how all the time, like questioning things. But then it's just a, a way of being, it's a way of evolving, it's a way of, uh, of getting hungry of, uh, for, for, for new things and, and wanting to discover more, but always through the lens of, of beauty and, and harmony, because this is what we found in nature. Mm-hmm. And when nature is also bringing you to this pattern and to this alignment of, of how beauty is actually a portal to, to, to get to that state of, of fulfillment and and, 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 and most uh, then beauty, but then most importantly is like how you, you give that to others. So how you in service of others in order to, um, to really make, make, make that process like, uh, uh, even more fulfilling for, for yourself. And the life. And the life. Yeah. How interesting. Um, so. Did you have any siblings? Did you did you ever like uh, play with kids like football and such? Yes, I. <laughs> yeah. Well, was little Theo like? <laughs> What's little Theo like? Interesting. I was uh, exploring every activities linked to the idea of movement. Everything that was in flow, everything that was requiring a lot of focus and concentration jumping we were skating and bikes and speed and i wasn't too much like collective soccer uh different things i was more like getting into my small bike and adventurous uh going like as fast as possible in the big uh, uh curves and and hurting myself and and breaking into some abandoned house and Whoa. Just playing with fire some, a lot of the time, wow. understanding quite early also the dangers, the risks, the people like always willing to to be in different social um, groups to to make sure I understand more fluid, freely like the intentions and the background and and humanity for me was such a, a beautiful um, dense theater of life. So to hang out with their gypsies and and going to the really like high class of different places around so just mixing and transcending like all these um uh the different layers of society uh, i have to say so that was um a lot of 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 learning through also um putting myself at risk so ending up sometimes at the cops or even so but then every time to just push the boundaries of the what is possible and that was really my, my main uh, intention is to push the boundaries um, as, a, as a human in, in that experience uh, feeling of life. I just have one thing that comes to mind and I haven't had enough time to think about it, what it means, but you, it sounds like you, your search has been for meaning and maybe through searching for the meaning you've identified beauty and uh, wonder as being a 
the ultimate thing that you're looking for. Uh, I've always thought of myself as being like a truth seeker. And I'm just thinking as you're talking like about the difference, if there is one between truth and meaning, if they're the same thing or if they're, if there's something underlyingly like something different about them, like searching for one versus searching for the other. I mean, you can go quite deep. <laughs> what let's, is true? Let's go deep. You know? Let's dive. Let's go deep. And dive. I was more like about to like describe my last uh, big feeling on the dance floor in garbage, maybe. But okay, we're going to. Did you find meaning there or truth? Guys, like I have to say, the dance floors for me were one of my primary source of inspiration and liberation and catharsis and expansion that you can get. Amen. Um, I think people are really uh, undervaluing the, the power of, um, of, of being these containers. I have to say that I'm, I'm quite privileged because I've been forced to be put in sobriety when I was 21. My pancreas, can I take alcohol? So then starting from 21, I was, I was also doing a lot of nightlife and organizing parties in Paris at the time. 21, I stopped drinking radically. So that substance, <clears throat> that spirit, out of my life, out of my nightlife and my dancing activity was the best blessing I could ever get. Why? Because suddenly you have to do things consciously. You have to really be into the party, be into the mood, be into the vibe, feeling what's happening. And when you go for a marathon of like 14 hours of dancing in a dark cave with like high BPM, and then you're entering that state of trance, and then you can really reflect on your being, reflect on your journey, reflect on what's happening with psychedelic, without psychedelic, with the people, without the people, just in order to just calibrate yourself with yourself and calibrate with yourself with others, you really reach this peak of understanding and, 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 and of communion of your, of, with your own journey. So I believe the, um, the impact of the dance floor and the way you can um, harvest what's happening on the dance floor should be manual so that it should be like a real guideline of like, guys, like this is not just like a, a spending time and fading you in a crowd and dancing and feeling you are vouched and you are approved by others. It's not about that. It's about finding your voice, finding how you can have the power to really modify, impact, alter the energy within a place. Close your eyes, think about yourself dancing, being your present, come back to your breath and see how your energy is like kind of radiates around to then make sure people can come and go and just navigate that flow of people and energies. And that was uh, one of my best teaching. That was a moment spent uh, on these dance floors to navigate the energy between people and also like consolidate everything that's happening in your mind. So um, of course you have to be conscious about it. So that's why the alcohol part was very important. It's incredible. It's incredible that you say this because I've been feeling this, um, the power of dancing. I've been feeling it for years and much more in recent years since I've been able to stay on the dance floor for, you know, longer periods of time, like hours and hours sometimes. And I always visualize the concepts of life um, the energies of my own life. Sometimes the way my hands move, they are like 
somehow synchronized with my thoughts and my feelings. And I thought I had kind of a unique experience that maybe there was like, I was a bit crazy imagining all these things. But every time we have a podcast, even last night, um, we were talking to this very experienced DJ and we were asking him, what do you like about the dance floor? And he said, I just love to see people being transformed on the dance floor as they dance. And it's so reassuring for me to see that the experience that I have, it's so powerful for so many other people. I mean, just to acknowledge the real magic and alchemy that happens on a dance floor. I, this, this is incredible because everything gets labeled as a party and there, there's no more throwaway word than, than the word party, but it's so much more than a party. So thank you for... Yeah, it's also a way to kind of break the layers and go deeper with the people because you can have a uh, talk with a authentic uh, self and maybe the most vulnerable self at certain time of the, of the night, of the morning. However, I had this like um, a beautiful uh, quote from a, a friend who told me like, uh, promises of the night uh, never see the day. And that was also kind of this counterbalance of like, what kind of night do you want? So mm -hmm. I believe we are also the architects of creating a new kind of night. Um, Berlin underground basement parties were super cathartic, super essential for many people, but also if they can get lost into this vortex of, uh, of deep emotion without a resolution. So how do you bring the resolution out of this celebration? How do you make sure you don't go into a window ceiling because you cannot break through? And I think we see also our responsibility to somehow we have been cracking the code in terms of using celebration, the containers, the dance floor, the sensations to kind of create this very intense, authentic, vulnerable, true moment with others when we really resonate with deeper with ourselves and with others in a way that has, the, it has a resolution. But we need to make sure we have the right ingredients. We need to make sure we are dancing the right way, meaning we are playing with the with this little, um, we have, we, we, we constructing uh, this kind of, uh, it's like we're constructing a, a, a structure, a building uh, together during this, this celebration. And, and after we, we honor it and after we, we give it meaning and after we, 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 we arrive to resolution with uh, an outcome that we become, um, that we keep and you take away for you in, in, in the daily life. So, so let's be the architect, I think, of the, of the new kind of celebration we can, we can hope for. I think it's a great first step to just acknowledge it as being a celebration rather than a party. Exactly. For me, it really starts with, uh, with, uh, with what you, you give to your body and to yourself. It really starts with how you, 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 you put your intention into what you're going to do. And, um, and, and yes, now most of my friends, they, they don't take a drop of alcohol like in any party because it just confuses your, your intentions and and you know cocaine also is not something that is uh, shifting your energy in the frequency we see and people are the more subtle and the more they we are reaching a sensitivity towards the energy of people and the more we see how they the energy is shifting so much regarding with a wave of what you you you, you intake um so 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 there's a, there's a lot i think to to create and i think we're on a good path I would think even in 
like people move through these different phases and probably it just takes a little spark of awareness here and there to realize that you don't want to be at the same kind of bar as you were when you were in college or the same kind of clubs. And then maybe move to the next thing and you don't know quite know why, but you know, you enjoy it more. And then now we see more of these festivals and broader experiences and that even the festivals are bringing in new elements. And so I don't think, um, I mean, I think most people are kind of masked by drinking and, and drugs. And so these little moments of awareness that move them forward are fewer and far between. And some people get stuck for many years in a certain kind of environment, right? They're just like, they think that's all there is until that minute of awareness, that moment of awareness comes along or they do a sober night out and connect with people in another way and are fascinated by that and use that as a, as something to, to move them forward. And question yourself as well. Like, why do I feel uncomfortable right now? Like, why do I feel I'm not aligned? Why do I feel I'm not bounding where I feel I'm not approved? Um, what's arising when I'm not uh, doing the way that I used to do. And it's always a kind of putting yourself in this uncomfort to make you grow and to make you finally kind of at peace with what's happening and how you, 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 you really capture and you really feel the, 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 the essence and the best of it. And that feeling can be then replicated in every moment of your life at every, you know, we have the best time um, with David, a uh, famous magician, um, most of the time in the street of Mexico with one speaker and one light. And then we create the most incredible atmosphere, like uh, sometimes before the club, where Em and Roy in Mexico City, and then we just had this time before the club, and then people were just gathering, say, guys, like, once we in, they come to us and say, can we keep partying with you guys in the smoking area? Because... <laughs> That's, that's a real thing, like how we can create that everywhere. And there is no, you can, you, you can just break these, these structures, you know, that's, that's very important how to get to that frequency and break the structure of like how you're supposed to do things. So I just want to explore a little bit this concept of social anxiety, because I feel like a lot of us, we do various different things in social circumstances, whether it is to have a conversation or to have a drink or to have a cigarette. It's sometimes in order to calm an anxiety that um, maybe maybe you don't understand exactly what it really is, but it's this feeling that you want to fit in, and then you occupy yourself by doing something. And I noticed that you are very good at just kind of standing back in a lot of circumstances. You're very comfortable not talking or just not being in the center of activity. How do you how do you manage your social interactions do you do you see that as being something particular i believe it's a lot of practice of uh, being present in it can sound like kind of stereotype and like very obvious of course like being present what does that mean um you wander around people and then you have intentions and then people are speaking and here and there and you see mm -hmm. the energy in the group and and you can have a you know, I say, oh, it's my time, I need to speak to that person, or this is coming in, or I would love to have this conversation. And then um, as I see myself having that kind of uh, inner thoughts that just obscuring or 
creating a, a veil on, on my behavior, I remind myself and I keep this awareness of myself. And sometimes it takes me a second, sometimes it doesn't arrive. But then once I get back to that moment where I can just take a step, you know, breath, breath in, step out or just coming in, then I, I, I think I can find a natural flow. And then I'm also attracted by the person who is able to do the same. So mm-hmm. being just in that space with you are, and just feeling that moment of, of, of peace just allows me to, to have this, this kind of companionship. You, you have to fi- find a link or you say, oh, you're good with me without talking right now and having this moment. So how amazing. So now from there, something can come out. And I think this mm-hmm. is something you really understand when you're psychedelic as well, because mm-hmm. there is no filling the blanks. Uh, mm-hmm. You only focus on how the person feels and how you connect your feeling with that person in terms of, of that, that frequency, right? So it's mm-hmm. always coming back to this moment of like, I want to smoke a cigarette now. Why? You know, because you, of course, getting, you want to move forward in this conversation because you mm-hmm. want to step out. Mm-hmm. So why do I want to mm-hmm. smoke a cigarette? Why do you want to take a glass right now? Like, how can I uh, just like, uh, just step down and, 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 and communicate to that person that it's okay, it's fine. You don't need to find something to tell me right now or to fill the blank. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's totally fine. So when you create that safety for the person, uh, it does actually... Uh, you you have hijacked your own system because you are safe even if you weren't and then the person can feel that and you have the awareness so we all know that we are playing a game here and we all conscious conscious that we have so much things behind us and so many thoughts and we understand the process and we have been that we have been doing that for years and and we know how a party a celebration how a touch an intention a seduction so we're just playing that game but then uh, if we if we make the person understand that we kind of know the rules and we just want to extract the best of the moment, then we can arrive to magic. Wow. Um, so what is magic in real life? People sometimes describe you as a magician. What is magic? What is magic? <clears throat> magic is when you... Stop for a second and you look around and everything that you see or what you feel vibrates and everything that is in front of you suddenly have an infinity of meaning that is so deep that you kind of dive into a scene. It's like imagining this new AI like perspective when you are diving into a scene and it goes into layers and layers and layers. And then you're able to see uh, what's happening around you and, 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 and you feel that you're all somehow connected to the same thing and that, 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 that intense feeling is, is so hard to describe, it's so hard to pin, it's so hard to, 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 to actually to, to say and that's the most beautiful way is maybe poetry. That's why poetry is also a kind of a very interesting approach because he he shows or he describes everything around it without pointing it. And that's the beauty of poetry is like how you, you, you create a map around the, the thing that is without exactly pinning it. And then you're, you're the one who is going there. Um, magic is um, it's kind of lifting you away from 
that idea of everything is heavy in life is kind of uh, uh, bringing also hope in every new encounters, is feeling a movement of flow in what you're doing, uh, is about creation, is about uh, being here for others, is about sharing and caring and and magic is uh, is just within all of us. Beautiful. When you think about um, where Rima started and where it is now, um, I mean, some of what you're talking about is like releasing the protocols that we come up with, you know, like uh, that we construct. And I've done a Rima. I loved, I loved it. I came to the one in Ibiza, the divine feminine uh, theme, and I found it very powerful. The the format and the immersive nature of it and all of the facilitation that you guys did. Um, as far as I know, this is kind of the, the protocol you guys have come up with. And now, um, as you move forward, I mean, are there, do you have some underlying big vision idea for something that can transform Rima mm. to be like the next version of itself. Mm. Yeah. It's a and, big, um, big question, but. Yes, definitely. If you had to describe Rima in three pillars, the first is the self-development, introspective, deep workshop or session that we have where we have very talented facilitators that put you in new contexts with new behaviors to to try and then he opens doors and then suddenly puts you a bit naked as well, like in that very contained and safe space of expression. That just removing a lot of layers that then we allow you to enter that space that's happening at night, every night, now we do it every night, where we are entering a fantasy world. And in that fantasy world, you are encountering different characters that are encapsulating an archetype or, or philosophy, or they just giving you the tools and the keys to kind of find new meanings. And then this is where the performance art is taking place. And this is the most mysterious, mystical even moment and that uh, then you can fully embrace because you have been doing a work of unlayering yourself to then come as a as a as a more open uh, individual. And then the third part is like this encounter with a community that went through the same process with you, and suddenly they are able also to connect with you in such a profound way because they have been unerring, they went through that same experience with different meanings and they experienced the mystical and the magic throughout this um, evening experiences. And I was thinking, do I bring Rima into a more quantity aspect of it? So I we replicate that most of the time and have kind of standardized the process and and more people and more facilitators and more events. And I decided to go the other way. I decided to 
to actually honor craftsmanship, to honor uh, what is a real luxury, to honor the idea of going more into the details, having facilitators that are just fascinating. People I can reach out from LA and say, hey, do you want to fly into Italy? Because what you're doing is just mesmerizing and absolutely genius. Uh, would you like to come? And the guy say, of course, you know, you're doing something that is so beautiful, like uh, let's find an arrangement and then reach out to this artist in Mexico City and say, I'm totally fond of your universe and how you create this incredible like outer reality with your costume and performance and I think it could fit perfectly the theme of the next Odyssey or the next Rima would you like to contribute and oh yes I have like a few museum shows and some gallery opening but yeah guys I would do it for you because I believe my art has a real transformative power and sometimes I feel constrained by the gallery space because I can have the mic and speak about the depth of the feminine figure in my art. But if you allow me to have a space where the feminine figure can become a character embodied and can have interaction with amazing participants to then change and transform my life, like how rewarding and how much freedom she has to create this platform with us. So really going deeper into also the aspect of the community and make sure the community is getting stronger, is getting more and more like a into a solidarity, um, um, kind of interaction and, and making sure people coming are also the important decision makers, the, 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 the change agent for, for, for different layers of society. And in kind of bringing this, this, this community upward with a diversity of decision makers, important leaders, creative, uh, people in politics, academic, research, science, and really bringing that and weaving that this community together so we can have this porosity between the groups. Because I believe we also live in our own bubbles and we see each other and like a lot of people are just you know, from all over the world, we cannot have the same circuit, but I believe there are so many different potential, incredible human beings that would love to go through this process. So in the future, I'm, we are developing right now a research lab, which is a, an entity that will foster creation, enhance a lot of creative endeavors from different artists from all over the world to integrate uh, within the Odyssey uh, and fast prototype their, their, their creation. So it's a big project and, and then that will, 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 will then also having different modalities, not only the ODC, but then working with, uh, with different patrons and creating experiences for the patrons, looking at different leaders. So craftsmanship, an even more attention to details and going deeper into the story, that, that's me, my intention for the future of Rima. Beautiful. I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're so good at expressing uh, kind of softer and complex ideas. I'm Thank you. intimidated by it in some ways. I had a vision, though, while you were talking that I, I, yeah, I feel strongly about trying to explain, which is... Um, how would you describe your experience, for example? Because every time we ask people, like, how would you describe your experience? And we never gather enough... I mean, it's never the same. It's very hard to, to pinpoint, but uh, 
Well, coming out, well, uh, yeah. Maybe first let me try to try to express this other idea. So what you were saying about all these, like tapping tapping people on the shoulder, basically, like um, people who seem to have some kind of spark and aliveness to them, regardless of kind of their discipline. This made me think of the collective knowledge, like collective creativity that we have as humanity. And then I started thinking about neural connections, you know, that are kind of inspired oftentimes by psychedelics where the brain is talking to each other, talking in, in through different pathways for the first time. And I just had this feeling like maybe Rima is, is this, it's like kind of a psychedelic for, for us, yeah. you know? I mean, it is totally... It's like the outside the default mode network. It's connecting people in, in unusual ways in this environment, which is Rima, which seems to be, like I said, there's no direct utility for it. Like you don't meet at work or, you know, like at the football game. You meet in this magical environment with people from completely different disciplines, but you have, what you have in common is this magic, this, this curiosity for magic, this desire to experience it, and then having had experienced it, the transformation you got from it. Mm. Psychedelic, totally. And it's for me, Psyche, um, the mind and Delios, the, um, um, the, and Delios, sorry. Uh, the, the the liberation of the mind, um, and uh, and psychedelic in a way that is making you question your reality every time you're having this experience. So it's a psychedelic experience without psychedelics. And for me, it's very mm -hmm. important because we we all had a lot of different experience in plant medicine, and we are reached this state of consciousness. How do we rise the vibration and the frequency of a group to go to the higher state of of consciousness without the a little push of the of the substance of the medicine. That's mm -hmm. really the my main objective because having navigated the state of mind, this different state of consciousness, I'm like, okay, guys, maybe we can tap into that in a different way, or um, and and then get the benefits out of it. Um, psyche, the mind, delios to reveal, so to reveal the mind, and um, and it's it's very interesting because. Um, this is psychedelic for sure, and I believe somehow it's even a post-psychedelic experience. Yes. So having maybe experiences in plant medicine and say what you're doing after, you integrate by doing a remind. And a lot of candidates put, told me, a lot of participants told me, wow, it's a perfect integration experience after psychedelic, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and to, uh, to have this clear sense of zero intake of substance during the, the, the experience. And now I'm working also on something where we, we're going to fast for, for four days. Wow. So even like no food. So mm. how do you go into in deeper into this, these layers of, of possibility of expansion of the mind? And yes, there is a, a mirroring and a neural connection happening between people and that we are also experiencing. And that's a beautiful uh, fact that is studied a lot by neuroscience. Um, and in the last Odyssey in Italy that we had, also, Maria was witnessing this technique and this method from, from Jesh uh, Derosh that was yes. uh, just outstanding 
way of using the body as a tool to communicate as a body, as an intelligence, and you communicate with others, what you're doing, you're actually mirroring your brain waves with the person in front of you, and you you tap into a knowledge, you tap into a communication that you couldn't process with your thoughts. You are in total, pure connection of emotion with the person in front of you that goes so deep when you rely on that 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 magical property that the body has. And, 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 and actually, if we scan our brain at this moment, I we, I wish I'm, I'm 100% sure that the, the synchroni synchronization of the brain wave are exactly uh, happening like in a powerful like, way. So I can feel that. Yes, yes, yes. My, my three good. words for describing Rima, my Rima experience would have been trippy, immersive, and therapeutic. And these have a lot of commonalities with yeah, my experience with plant medicine as well. Mm. Wow. The, um, and I love that there's so much attention to detail. And I love this craftsmanship. Uh, I think you put it with craftsmanship. It just seems like a, a cons I don't know if it's a constraint, but, you know, the... The other kind of like broader movement organisms, like living body, um, things that are happening, like I think of Burning Man, where it's, or I just attended ISTA. And the way that these are allowed to scale is through a lot of co-creation. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I'm wondering how Rima can embrace that in some way. Yeah, I think it's, um, again, as we are DJ of all these ingredients, then it's beautiful to see that the seeds are the ingredients are out there and then they're just available and then the connections are made and you're listening to a great set in that Burning Man and then you can be inspired by the transition and you take that transition and you bring it to another level in Japan and then and then it's out there. So it becomes a collective intelligence. But the only thing that really make it different from the kind of standardization, because you can either co-create so everyone can be an actor in the co-creation versus everyone is kind of fed by the same source. Uh, if you standardize too much, then it becomes uh, impersonal, of course. And it was the, the sole idea about AI when I came before with podcast, I did the uh, Rima GPT, so I uploaded all the knowledge of Rima, all my writing, all my recording into the chat GPT, which just create this new entity that knows the project by heart. And I asked Rima GPT, can you simulate or create a conversation of a podcast about this different topic? And he pulled uh, out all the different things. And then I can just record my own voice for a minute and Certainly, you have my own voice re reading as uh, a podcast and making making it alive. So, what's the value of that? You know, what's the value? We, sh of we this? should get uh, the side by side between the ChatGPT and the real podcast and <laughs> have people identify which one is the real one. Which one is the real one? Except like, um, except that it's, it's it's even if if it's intellectually quite interesting to listen to the podcast made by AI. It will never get you to a sense of 
resonating at the same neural pathway or the same frequency mm. in your brain wave you you never have that feeling of 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 really the the human side of it we can create we can we can actually do the best ideas but the human behind the ideas and the human creativity and the human propension to to share um, intention with the world would be at the at the at the core of every activity which i feel super hopeful for that because it would mean that everything would be so easily done we can be able to create any kind of business companies process activities but the most important skills would be that emotional intelligence that you will carry and your ability to really be there for others and to nurture this, this genius of of, 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 of of this intelligence of the body and this intelligence of the, of the mind in service of others. So I, I really believe like we become more and more pushed to be um, more and more humans in a way. I was uh, I was talking to Greg about podcasting and I was saying, uh, is there like a software we, that can help us erase uncomfortable pauses or, you know, kind of um, strange noises during the podcast? And he was like, I wouldn't advise you to do so because it just shows you, uh, shows human emotion and it's kind of expressive to the audience, like who you really are. So I was like, perfect, we're not going to edit anything. <laughs> How else have you... Um, experienced AI so far? I mean, uh, like practically day-to-day or like grander vision kind of things? Well, creativity is the ability to create unexpected connections between things. And based on that principle, I use AI to expand the ramification of ideas and create these links and these connections. So then I my map, map out so many different possibilities and then I combine them. So it's a kind of a second brain as a powerful second brain I use to enhance my own creativity. So I always ask, um, I mean, GPT right now is my second brain. So anytime I'm right now creating this Odyssey, that would be about the seven scenes in this very opulent, mag- majestic, magnificent mansion in, in near Saint-Jean-Cafera, near Nice, in the south of France for spring. And I have so many ideas and I just write everything down. I'm not even writing, I'm just recording myself and just like speaking, talking like this for like free flow of ideas. And then I said, GPT, okay, now take all these ideas, expand them, connect them to the theme of Southern Friends, the Riviera, connect them with the, this thought of Osho, connect them with this philosophy of like existentialism, connect them to, you know, to, to, to like actually real workshop happening, facilitators, and just create a map of possibilities of, of, of how this idea can, can, can blossom and can into something. And then it just pours 90% of things that I don't need. But in, the, in, in this universe, magma of data, I would be like, wow, I can connect myself this to that. And then suddenly something come up. So, so yes, I think it's an amazing accelerator uh, for humanity. And, and, and again, like, uh, we will just what will be left to us is being more human uh, and, and craftsmanship and details and being there for others. So that's for me a formidable tool. It almost sounds like a godlike experience, like just kind of 
uh, generating all these ideas like in some three-dimensional space and then just being able to connect them and play with them. It's wonderful. I'm gonna, gonna pay more attention to ChatGPT. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Is this Rima GPT also Theo GPT or how, how would it be different? Well, I haven't done the uh, Theo GPT. I have my second brain in Notion. I have like 200 pages of all my notes from my books and different articles I've read, philosophies, quotes from friends, um, thoughts, reflections. So um, tonight, actually, I will do it. I will feed that with uh, all this knowledge, which also like um, had me a bit uh, like, yeah, now OpenAI knows everything about me and all this data for free, but that's, that's the world we live in and, and the outcome of all this data that would be creating even more creative outcome for me or creative output for me is unvaluable and just will guide me towards more creativity. So yes, I can show you the link with you of like two GPT so I can ask him like anything at some point and we just have my philosophy of every wow. answers. Could and be like an Ask Theo app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, what did no, Theo do? <laughs> now every, every creators we have their own their own GPT, and then you can also commercialize that. Uh, it'd be quite incredible. The time and period we live in, especially with Italy, we have this beautiful subject about the Renaissance and the new Renaissance and the rise of AI, and we went super deep into that as well. So it was so interesting to 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 see. When I, when, I, when I find a new, uh, 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 when I want to create a new Odyssey, I find a place, I look how this place has a wisdom or a, a knowledge that is embedded in the culture or in the location. I take this, this piece of wisdom and I connect it to a contemporary current issue we are facing or a challenge humanity is facing. And I look at how that could be a key to resolve that part of this ongoing current uh, issue or challenge we're facing. And I weave into the story to then create this adventure, this odyssey to end up to a resolution. So for me, going in Tuscany in, in Florence was obvious that I wanted to explore the relationship between the old Renaissance, where religion and the church was over humanity and we were looking up to religion and religion has the ultimate uh, word and was uh, kind of reigning and controlling like uh, humanity somehow. And now we are shifting to a place where we have AI, which would be ruling humanity in a certain way. So we, we're looking up at, at, at a, a super intelligence. Um, what does that mean for us, for freedom, for, for, for humanity? It was so interesting to blend this this topic together and find also keys of wisdom into the, the Renaissance to fast forward to now. And every theme is happening like that. Every theme is like going to Morocco um, to really dig into the relationship with time to understand now in a, in a, in a moment when we are all uh, entirely sucked in uh, into this interaction or distraction. How do we uh, also losing a relationship with time and kind of blending that together so so, so the places are, are, are my my kind of my main soil for inspiration Incredible. so the dna of the place plus a current issue plus your vision plus a lot of synchronicities i 
when I'm in creative mode and I'm about to create an odyssey, I'm really paying attention to what was happening around me, every hint, every little details, every conversation, every um, input, I kind of map them out in my mind. And when I go to a, say, to a, to a, to a, to a party, to a dinner, everywhere, I come, I'm always having these hints coming to me. So I'm trying to use as much as possible this effect of synchronicities and the field coming to me for locations, for themes, for select Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Try not Looking to enforce for it. Yeah. Which also is a little bit, um, um, it's hard to plan in advance because then you need to, to also trust, trust all the time. Are there some, um, I mean, AI is a broad theme, but are there some books or authors or thought leaders who, uh, yeah, who you're, who you're also tapping into? Like what kind of books are you reading at the moment? Well, um, <laughs> I, last, uh, Saturday we had been, uh, creating a beautiful moment at Maria and, and and a very incredible character and a very strong woman recommended that book um, in search of the of the miraculous uh, that i just started um, that was kind of also how do we look into the field and how do we inspire ourselves from from what's happening around us um, i believe i i will i would love to read a bit more of a non um you know, academic or non-economical um, because I was a lot into systems and anthropology, sociology, like behaviors. So psychology also was very important for me and kind of like, you know, the big book of Carl Jung at some point are like so hard to digest. So I have to say now I'm reading the books, but I will most likely go on ChatGPT and say, can you take that book? <laughs> Can you get me the 10 most important topic uh, connected to that, that theme, um, grab the essence of what the author wanted to say, and then compare it to another like way of thinking or different um, way of thought and, and just playing ping pong with all this information. So I, I believe like, um, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by the amount of data that is out there and it's like interesting to, 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 to eat and my, um, very limited time as well. So I'm trying to, to make sure I, I kind of optimize, uh, this, this time by, by just like using the AI to feed me this information. Um, well, there is a, a few a, a few author that really kind of uh, helped me in, 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 in my way. Um, Jamie Wheel is one of them. Um, Charles Epstein is one of them right now, his newsletter. Um, there is a few um, intellectual like Daniel Schmachtenberger, which is also an amazing guy. And um, and I'm trying to 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 go back also to a bit of poetry and kind of reading without reading, just like kind of like calm myself. Sometimes of so many activities on on my brain, kind of uh, taking a break for out of it. Um, yes, that's that's pretty much it. 
and 15 pillars of conscious leadership it's always a must and i kind of like coming back to it all the time and Balthazar gracian which is this uh this monk from the 14th center in spain that has a lot of wisdom always and always a book of osho because you know you it's always nice to just open an osho book at any point in the page and just like laugh about it and say like wow just okay amazing <laughs> I like that though that you you prioritize kind of your intuition and your own experience and make a point of yeah not getting bogged down with reading lists for example or or uh, do you read the news much hmm um good question well sometimes i open like kind of these online journals on new york times or you know like french figaro and then i i scroll and at some point someone brought to my awareness to look into the titles and to notice the negative words and when i started through this game i realized that anything that is related to the news right now is most most of most of it is like clickbait click clickbait they're just like hooks to get you to click because it stimulate or trigger your reptilian brain or your like amygdala of like fear it's like bam 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 and you get into that vortex of like what the news are i think if we look at the news with a lens of uh, human behaviors and and cycles and then you can just step out a little bit out of it, then you, 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 you don't get too much um, kind of polluted by that. And you can have this little way of understanding this from a, from a, from a zooming out perspective. And then it brings more, um, also more peace in your everyday life. You know, like the, the news right now in the way they're constructed, are only here to, to capture your attention. Um, in a in a wrong way. If I if really I want to, to 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 understand the world around me, I prefer to rely on on a few experts or intellectuals or journalists that I really value, and then find my information asking the, my friends that I really trust around the topic, and also dig into a topic and going to the rabbit hole and then going like for five hours on my computer and just opening like 50, 50 tabs and watching like so many different videos and just like, okay, like, yes, no, and doing my own little recipe. But um, I think the, the news are, are very distracting um, for some people who they, we need to feel in control of things we cannot control. And, and, and that sense of wanting to control things and staying connected to a source of information uh, to make sense of the world is sometimes misleading uh, for many people because then you're constantly in that loop of things that happening outside of you and, and, and they, they still in your, in your, in your field. So, so how do you digest the news and, and, and react on them to make sure that you learn something from the emotion that comes out? What, what are you learning from all this rage that's happening on even social media, on the media as, as, as a whole? And, and how do we, how do you learn from that? What do you learn about humanity in these behaviors? And what are the, what are the takeaways on the, on the broader spectrum? Um, 
because we are afflic afflicted by, by by this conflict, for example, and and um, just a way of like zooming out. That's the most important thing, I believe. Yeah, I remember reading a few years ago, um, or maybe it was like uh, one of these Alain de Botton videos that explained that uh, whenever you get angry about a public issue that there's nothing you can do about, it's basically private anger that you either cannot acknowledge or express, and you just channel it into getting angry about public issues that you have absolutely no influence on. And once I got this uh, perspective, I disengaged from all emotions that I could get about the news or about political conversations. Mm. Altogether disengaged out of political conversations. Unfortunately, with some of these tragedies like wars or earthquakes, uh, these are a bit more difficult to ignore because I think we just feel this like uh, worldwide wave of emotion. I, I feel it in my body. Mm. And I know there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, like, I cannot single-handedly resolve the Middle East conflict. It's, it's tragic to say the least what's happening. But I still feel the wave of tragedy that is somehow traveling through the air. I, I almost can identify geographically, like, in what direction is the Middle East, you know? Mm. I think it's so interesting and so important that you are still feeding yourself with what's happening and you don't, you're just not closing the door and kind of blindfolding yourself from, 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 from what is happening in the world because it's also a, re a revealer of so many root behaviors and, and root of unconsciousness that is happening within humanity and, and how to, um, to highlight that the fact like, yes, we are growing right now as people who have access to more information about the brain, about ancient rituals, about ancient knowledge, about technology, about consciousness, mindfulness. And at the same time, like we see that happening as if it was so far from our reality, because we learn resentment, we learn nonverbal communication, we learn like all the different tips and tools and we hack ourselves to make sure that we understand like how we can always with brain plasticity come up with new solutions to be together. We have this feeling of unity. I don't even know where you're from or where's your nation, where's your passport. For me, like nation is just a preconceived concept when we put people in boxes. All of us from different countries and such have been unlabeling and we've been doing the work and everything we do is unlabeling, unlabeling, unlabeling. deconstructing yeah. realities, deconstructing concept and forms inside and symbols and culture to navigate this new route of elevation, freedom, um, harmony. And, and suddenly, boom, you are facing, you take this in the face, like a big slap, like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, like, this is also far. So what do we do about it? And I think just like a, a common daily intention, action, reaction every time with the people you're, you're with, people you surround yourself first, like your first layer, first community, even people like down the street out there and other layers, friends of friends of friends. And then you make sure you use your all the tools to kind of spread out the voice and spread out the content of your thoughts and using the technology we have. So that opportunity 
to and I posted something um, uh, about like my intention to use my Instagram differently like two days ago about how I can stop from really like feeding this post and this media with the intention of you know how do we know what is feeding the ego or feeding the heart how do we know you're at service and you can create a service mm -hmm. media rather than social media and that really also shifts my 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 way of sharing things because i realize if we all do service media and we all use this technology to kind of like share that 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 that, that vision of the world then we can uh, make sure we are we are heading the right direction because we are all made of stories again you know it's not a, it's not it's not a revelation it's not a new thing we just cultures are made of stories uh countries are made of stories and nations and who you are and like what's how do we construct that story so um, that's my main intention as, as well for rima is like we are all stories that storytellers let's recapture our power let's re um, yes, let's, let's, let's recapture our power to create the story we want to share and yes. we want to live. Yes, be intentional about the stories that we want to live, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. social media does, it seems to just be an amplifier of the clickbaity news that you see, you know, where it's just like this side, this side. Yeah. I think the another opportunity with news news consumption is to do like kind of a radical empathy exer exercise with yourself like mm -hmm. to really meditate on like can i can i put myself in the shoes of the person who did this horrible thing or this person who's suffering like really get to really go deep with it yes. uh, as another way to be kind of engaged with what's going on, like engaged in some way, not ignoring it, not just living in your in your bubble, but also um, interacting with it in a in a more positive way. I mean, that's the whole question, you know. Like many 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 times we think about it. Okay, where are we living? What bubble have we created? Um, a dream that you have yourself is only a dream. A dream that you live together becomes reality. Yes, but like until where? Until when? And <clears throat> isn't it only like a, a beautiful utopia of... I believe, but not. I believe we are actually the artists of the new culture. And just spreading out these ingredients of and these keys and these modalities of how we can create our realities... Uh, is the only way because uh, of course like the old world and the old principle and the old values are still in power in many in many ways um humanity has its shadows and its light and and we just play with it but but i i really believe like there is no they they, they just like something kind of i like this idea of belief right if you believe in something greater it doesn't matter like uh, what how great i mean doesn't matter like what really you believe in, but it's greater for yourself in the service of others, um, then things align in the right way. So we are wired for that, in a sense. We are wired for war, maybe less and less, because can we wire to be in service of others more and more? And um, 
you know, an optimistic way to say things. It's just uh, um, being pessimistic is just putting your brakes on, on human evolution. Of the optimistic is like just putting the pedal on the metal and just going forward. So the movement is the most important uh, way to go. It makes sense. Let's let's continue to put more weight on the on side the of, on the accelerator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, thank, you, thank you for this kind of also like content you're sharing because it's uh, uh, music uh, so important. It's such a portal for many people to access to to these like liminal spaces, these spaces in between when they can reflect on themselves. And then art is is a portal. Art is really this this power of transformation for people and. And this beautiful mirror, and I believe you know, like the way artists are always in the forehead, uh, the forefront, and of any any movement that is important that is happening for humanity, and and somehow the, the voice of the artist will become the voice of of every man. Uh, but for me, that's that's really the key element. Artists are shape shaping, and they are they are shaping a reality. And the culture that is emerging, and, um, and 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 that's why it's so important to to then connect to this source of creation that we are, because we we're not on this small existence to destroy. We are here to make sure we can create, and no, no matter how, that's our gifts for others, and that's that's really the as Picasso was saying, uh, the, the purpose of life is to to find your gift. Um, and then to share it. So it's really how you find your gifts, you create whatever it takes from your thought, from your hand, from, from this, this potentiality of expansion, and then how you share that. It's interesting that when you say source of creation, you gesture to the heart, you don't gesture to the mind. And maybe that's a way to see art is, is something that calls on the, to move your heart rather than to... I don't know, strategize or rationalize. So it appeals to the heart. Maybe that's the that's a way to view uh, what we can follow and what we can become more sensitive to. Yeah, especially when we're going to have everything logistic, systemic, everything that is the back office of the creation and destroy all everything be replaced by AI. So then what comes left to you will be your potential to create from the heart and 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 your your singularity, your individuality will be the most precious gift, because the more you're able to really find a way to express the complexity of your being, the more you have this kind of relief and this more of beautifully layered uh, way of being. So as I know you from you know quite some years now, I really understand better the complexity of your being, and the more I see this unique singular shapes of your thought and your process and the more I can appreciate them so that's really this idea of like the more aware and fully like open you are to others in your low up and also it doesn't matter if it's only like uh, you don't need to be a ray of light every day like it's 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 actually yeah. the what what makes also your your openness and your vulnerability into your into you being an imperfect person that's really what what matters the most and then that that has value so but it has value when you're able to reflect on it when you're able to have the awareness of also your own flaws 
and your own quality and you know that you're always polishing yourself no matter how every day and that process of renewal that process of polishing that process of creating beauty more and more uh, it's what makes us so interesting as human beings. Yes, uh, we were talking about running in this uh, fairly small Lisbon circle of, you know, friends and how once in a while there's this one weekend or some moment in which you dive into one person it just like breaks into like some completely different dimension that you originally thought, you know, it's like you know a friend for a year and then you have one woman it's just like expands into like <laughs> another level of uh, of connection and getting to know them it's incredible mm. yeah both of you just kind of having a moment of intimacy and nothing goes back and yeah. it's just like once expansions happen there's no going back yeah yeah, we got uh, <clears throat> kind of drifting uh, a bit away from the topic here. We got a bit spiritual. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask: Is there? I mean, is there something you'd like to say? Is there anything else, sort of, sort of like, um, that you want to expand on in a in a way that can be useful to your your mission? I'm finally going to learn how to mix on the DJ equipment. <laughs> I think that's time. <laughs> I think this is happening. Um, how incredible is to see people around that start to create no matter what in music, in visual art, in writing, in experiences, in thought process, and realize that you're, it's never too late to, to start something that you, you're never there of doing. And and I, I, I'm into this moment right now where I, I see so much blossoming, incredible people around me that are, are, are starting to really connect with the creation um, essence. And, uh, and it makes me very happy to, to be here and to see that it's happening for you guys too and you're creating this content. So thank you so much. Thank you for coming. It's such a pleasure to, to have these conversations with people. Yeah, it's indulging uh, <laughs> our yes, our passion, whatever. Yeah. Here we go. That's great. You're definitely a DJ. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pro. Yeah. Thank you, Theo. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys.